Hey, Talia. How did you enjoy my party last night? Randy asked. Oh, you weren't there. That's right, because I don't hang with losers. But guess who was there? Ronaldo, my soon-to-be boyfriend, she said as she smacked the books from my hands and then walked away, <laughs> cackling with her friends. Hi, my name is Talia. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Oh, yeah, and hit that notification bell to get these amazing stories first. If you do, you'll find the person of your dreams. You would think that all the mean girls would have stayed in high school, but no, some of them follow you to college as well. I was looking forward to the upcoming summer break where I could get away from Randy. I already knew what I wanted to do to pass my time. While scrolling through my social media, I came across this new reality TV series, Island Troopers, that was set to be taped somewhere in the South Pacific Islands. Wouldn't it be lovely to be stuck on an island with Ronaldo Castine? Who is Ronaldo, you ask? Only the most handsome, adventurous troop leader of the Cub Scouts my brother Davian ever had. Before collecting my brother after a meeting one afternoon, I went to the bathroom. And when I came out the stall, there stood Randy leaning against the bathroom door. Do you really think you have a chance with Ronaldo? She snarled. Randy was also a troop leader. Mo, I demanded coldly. Who's going to make me? Randy said as she placed her hands on her hips. As I stepped towards Randy with my fist balled tightly, the bathroom door opened. Oh, there you are, Randy. Mrs. Walker, the head of the Cub Scouts, said. I need you to help me finish planning our retreat over the summer break. Why, sure, Mrs. Walker, Randy said in a fake, innocent voice. I watched as Randy turned and walked away behind Mrs. Walker. Eventually, I found my little brother, and Ronaldo was there too, waving goodbye to the kids of the Cub Scouts. I immediately felt my knees go weak. Hey, Ronaldo, I said nervously. Have you ever heard of Island Troopers? No, he said. It's a reality show where you and another person would be stranded on an island. I've already signed up and I was wondering if you'd like to partner with me. We have a chance of winning two million dollars. I said hopefully. Hmm, I'm not sure whether I want to spend my vacation on a deserted island when there are so many other things to do. But wouldn't it be an awesome story to come back and tell your troops how you roughed it out on an island and how you put all your training from the scouts to use? I think the boys would really be impressed. Wouldn't you be, Derek? I spun around to my little brother who nodded enthusiastically. I could see the wheels in Ronaldo's head spinning as he was trying to weigh the pros and cons. Okay, I'll go. Ronaldo smiled. He gave me his number and told me to send him all the details. We said goodbye and I drove out the car park. Now I have to convince my mom and dad, I thought to myself. That night during dinner, I casually brought up the topic of me wanting to spend summer on a deserted island with a friend of mine. Think about it. I could win $1 million, which means I could pay my own college fees, I told my parents. So... Who would you be going to this island with? My mother quizzed. She's going with Ronaldo, my brother said, making kissing noises. That is totally out of the question, my father said, slamming his fist down on the table. Dad, it's no big deal, I said and further explained. I told my parents that a camera crew would be there, so no funny business would take place with Ronaldo and I. What I didn't tell them was the camera crew would only be around a few hours a day. I also assured them that anytime I wanted to quit, that I would be allowed to do so and come home. My parents told me that they would think about it and they changed the conversation. The next day, I didn't think anything of it when my parents said they were going to pick Derek up from his meeting. I was actually happy since I was behind on a few assignments and I was glad that I didn't have to stop what I was doing. When he got home, Derek knocked on my door and poked his head around the door. Mom and dad had a little chat with Ronaldo. He smiled and walked away. I shot up from my desk and ran to Derek's room and closed the door behind me. What did mom and dad say? What did Ronaldo do? 
I was almost too afraid to ask. Well, first, Mom asked Ronaldo what he planned to do with her baby girl all alone on an island, and if he planned to make them grandparents. Then Dad told Ronaldo that he knew where he lived, and he had no problem paying him a visit if he laid a finger on you, my brother said, before laughing hysterically. My heart sank, and I felt a part of me die that day. I was so embarrassed, but the thought of Ronaldo and I on a deserted island without Randy brought a smile to my face. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. I could call Ronaldo tomorrow and straighten everything out. The next day, I called Ronaldo, who was actually amused by what my parents did. He said I was lucky to have parents who actually cared about what happened to me. We laughed about it and then rechatted for a few minutes before we hung up. My parents also confirmed that I would be allowed to go on the show. It was the best day ever. That night, I dreamt that Ronaldo and I were stranded on an island. I was sipping on a coconut while cooking fish over a fire. Ronaldo was in the water, his shirt off, as the setting sun glistened over his muscular body as he caught the fish with his bare hands. Finally, the day had arrived and I bid my brother and parents goodbye on the dock. I walked over to meet Ronaldo and reboarded the ferry with the crew and the other members of the TV show. It took us a few days before we got to the islands and those few days were fabulous. The last night on the ferry, we signed waivers saying that we weren't to interact with the camera crew unless it was a life or death situation. The camera crew would film us for six hours per day. Once we got to the island, we had a choice of waiting for a rescue team to come and get us, or we could quit along the way if it became too much for us. We would also be supplied with water, but we would have to source our own food and shelter. There were also a few bags stored on the island, one particularly with supplies from the TV show. The ferry docked at each island, and the director called the names of each team to get off. Ronaldo and I were the last team to get off the ferry. It took us about 10 minutes to get to swim to the island. I dragged myself onto the island, and I lay on the hot sand. That was the longest 10 minutes of my life. After we rested for a few minutes, we decided that we needed to find the backpacks to see if we could use anything from them as well as the survival backpack. After searching for a while, we found a backpack. It belonged to a man, and I didn't care. I just needed to get out of the wet clothes that I was in. In the backpack was a bag of chocolates. I never enjoyed chocolate so much. After that swim, I was starving. We found one bag. I think maybe we should find shelter and then look for lunch. Ronaldo nodded in agreement. He swung the bag off his shoulder, and we began to scout the land for shelter. Luckily, we found a little wooden hut that wasn't too far from a stream. The roof of the hut needed to be patched at the top, but it would do. We just hoped that it didn't rain. The crew followed us from the time we got to the island. When they finished up for the day and told us we would see them tomorrow, I felt relieved. As soon as the camera crew left, Ronaldo complained about being too hot, and he said he would be inside the hut taking a rest, and if I needed him, that's where he would be. I shrugged and walked out the hut. I decided to do some exploring of my own. My first mission was to locate the survival bag that the crew hid. I walked further into the forested area of the island, making sure to keep tabs of how to get back. The sun peeked through the trees, and suddenly, there was a dark spot. I looked up and spotted a black duffel bag between the trees. I climbed the tree, and immediately I felt my skin being infested by ants. Oh, great. I said sarcastically, this tree is full of ants. I got the bag, and with it a few bites as well. I slung it around my shoulder and climbed down. I took a tin of tuna once on the ground and ate it quickly. Hmm, should I carry the bag back to camp? I spoke to myself. I thought long and hard and decided against it. However, I did take a few necessities that I thought would help with our survival. I also found a more suitable place to store the bag as well. By the time I got back, Ronaldo was up. Where have you been? Ronaldo asked with a raised eyebrow. Well, while some of us were able to get some beauty rest, 
some of us decided to actually do some work to ensure that we have a fighting chance to win this thing? I said, annoyed. I inhaled deeply. Look, in order for us to win this, we need to work together. I was able to find a few things that were scattered about the trees. I showed Ronaldo the things that I brought back, but instead of saying thank you, he huffed. And without a word, Ronaldo walked out of the hut and into the forested area. A few seconds after Ronaldo left, I heard a shout. My heart leapt into my throat as I ran out of the hut and towards the sound of the scream. I saw Ronaldo looking as though he saw a ghost. Ronaldo? I asked once I was next to him. What is it? I just saw a snake. I hate snakes, Ronaldo said coldly. My jaw dropped. What? Yes, I heard what he said, but I couldn't believe it. You came to a deserted island and you were afraid of snakes? What did you expect to find here? Fluffy bunny rabbits and unicorns? I asked, looking at him with a puzzled look on my face. That night I went to bed with hopes that the following day would be better than our first day. Boy, was I wrong. Ronaldo complained about everything. The sun was too hot. The fish were too small. There were too many mosquitoes. Ronaldo complained more than he helped me get anything done. Then to top it off, he sprained his ankle while trying to pick coconuts from one of the trees closer to the shore. The idea of whisking away with Ronaldo and having a great time was quickly unraveling before my eyes. This wasn't as romantic as I hoped. Of course, he played his role well in front of the camera, but once we were alone, the true Ronaldo appeared, as though he had split personalities. One morning, I just couldn't accept Ronaldo's bad attitude anymore, and I decided to take a walk. After walking a little way from the hut, I realized that I forgot my knife and turned back to get it. As I was approaching the hut, I saw Ronaldo coming out of the hut and walking perfectly fine on both feet. I followed him and watched as he ran towards the ocean and dove in. That little trickster, I fumed. He was just faking a sprained ankle, and he had me doing all the fishing and even the patching of the hut alone. Well, let's see what little Mr. Trickster will eat for the rest of the day. I decided that I would not go back to the hut till that night, since there was still a few tins of food in the survival bag. Today, I would just lounge by the stream and relax. By nightfall, I returned to the hut. Hello, is anyone there? I called as I rubbed the back of my head to ensure I played the role well. I watched as Ronaldo limped out of the hut. Talia, where have you been? I'm starving, he said. Do I know you? Well, where am I? I asked. The last thing I remember was walking to the stream. I must have slipped and fallen backwards. My voice trailed off. When I woke up, I followed the trail back to here. Ronaldo told me how we came to the island. He also gave me his version of what happened since we had been on the island, including him saving me from a snake and spraining his ankle along the way. I mustered everything up inside, not to roll my eyes as he told his made-up story. Then he said something that knocked the wind out of me. My boyfriend told me that this was a bad idea. Ronaldo sighed. I felt my jaw drop. You have a boyfriend? Yeah, why? He asked. I gulped. Is there any way to get off this island? The next day, Ronaldo spoke with the camera crew. It wasn't long before a rowboat came along and we were heading home. I felt as though I wasted the last 14 days of my life. I never dropped my brother off to meetings again, and before I crushed on anyone again, I decided to do a little background research before I did anything crazy. Hi everyone, my name is Cassie, and I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me, and probably their vision, because I'm a real dazzler. 
Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend. And I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd to find the one who will also dazzle me with his brilliance and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party and then he just treated me like a friend. But it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hairdryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape and they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh no. As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I decided heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca, and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary. But no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged, so I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day, and everyone went to her place because she had a pool and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry, I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore, and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks. Guys were swimming in the pool, and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever, nothing fancy, just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm. And all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears but I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost. Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers, and I was supposed to leave? What? 
Am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up. Happy Rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek. While I burned with jealousy and anger. Porsche? Seriously? Just over some tears? If I had known it was that easy, I'd be throwing tantrums for Mark every week. I wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car, but that would probably ruin my reputation even more. Instead, I decided to be friends with Rebecca, and then after, I discovered all her secrets. Destroy her. But as soon as I approached the new girl, she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players, who used to carry me in their arms. Stay away from her. One of them said, I just wanted to talk. You already talked once and made Rebecca cry. We won't let her get hurt. You go near her again and we won't let you get away with it. Got it? Threatened the other one. Holy crap, are they all crazy? Maybe Rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys. I thought nobody would ever look at me now, but I still had admirers outside of school. So I decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then. His name was Zach. He won, by the way. We drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike, and we looked great. Right up until the moment when Rebecca and Mark pulled up in their limo. They made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really liked my money, and you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me, so back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong, because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop, so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl who I used to make fun of a lot. No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked, while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me. Why do you need others? The guy hugged me, and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean, why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm. And I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering.
but then everyone will be disappointed in her and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before, and Zack was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end-of-school-year ball? The effect would be amazing. For me, of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to give the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her, and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I looked at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zach was right. There's no need to ruin anything, because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want. He answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca. She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation, and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked, and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her, Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you want to go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date, and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach, waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, and being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that. And now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them. And be sure to share this video with your friends. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications. That I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly, and finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker 
when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About ten minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution! Wet floor! But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad, as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. 
I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, 
I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. <sighs> Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again? I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.